0: april is the cruelest month breeding lilacs out of the dead land mixing memory and desire.
1: could you check if that's a reference to edmund Alec spencer
0: all way out speakers make you bob south on mouth rose pretty pilgrims drop rocket with jeff chouse
1: mother wrote analysis not poet paralysis get the Shelley phone bill sp8 up by rome lord he's coming back to phone home what E.E.'s coming back to
0: Phone Poem. Oh. Oh, there, hello. In you came, but saw you, I knocked. Welcome to E.E. E. Phone Poem, the poetry podcast in which we analyze poetry. Today, we're going to be talking about an Auden poem. That's W.H. Auden. He's an Auden. Short for, what the hell, Auden? Uh, actually, his poetry is very accessible. Yeah. We figured that'd be a nice change of pace. Do we want to say a few words about Auden first? I don't really know that much about Auden. Neither do I. So that's going to be difficult.
1: Um, You know what? Auden um, was a guy. He wrote a
0: long book-length poem called The Age of Anxiety. I think he was, like, gay. Uh, he was definitely gay and British, but he lived in New York for most of his life. These are the biographical facts I'm sure of. Yeah,
1: he studied at Oxford. He spent time in Iceland. He has some poems about that that are actually
0: quite nice. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I found them when I was looking through the thingy today. Okay. I'm more familiar with his work than I am with the biography, but I'm, I wouldn't call myself deeply versed in Auden.
1: Critical consensus is that he's good, but not the best.
0: Yeah, he gets he gets respect from certain corners tends not to be thrown in and you know the company of the very greatest modernists but i'm sure that there are dissenters there
1: yeah he he definitely falls on the very accessible side of modernism
0: yeah i mean he has he has a strong he has a strong liking for certain elements of popular culture so i mean his his poetry flirts with song form a lot more than pretty much, I mean, anyone else of his generation that I can think of, who is a major poet. Um, uh, a like Rothke. Mm,
1: isn't he a slightly later generation? Um, oh, yeah. Um, looked it up there. Uh, Rothke was actually only a year younger than him. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Interesting.
1: And Auden lived 10 years longer.
0: So there you go. Now we know. Now we know. But uh, nonetheless, the the point remains that, you know, he's... Auden's not averse to writing something that sounds like a nursery rhyme, for instance. Uh, and this poem uh, that we're, we're reading today is actually called Nursery Rhyme. All right.
1: So yeah, today's poem is Nursery Rhyme. Not a terribly well-known Auden piece. I don't think it is. I've never heard of it before. I happened upon it.
0: Okay. I will just say, though, I when Auden hits, I think he hits really hard. I think he can be a masterful poet. I don't entirely understand him. I don't entirely understand the weird stylistic breadth and why he sometimes seems to write these pieces that are so slight and then at other times is writing these pieces that are uh, so incredible. I I Uh, think
1: a lot of that comes down to how prolific he was.
0: Yeah, yeah. His his collected work is a fatty. Yeah, you could beat a
1: small child to death with that book. (laughs) That's, (laughs) That's, <laughs> yeah, that's our catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> E.E. phone poem. You could beat a small child to death with that book. Beautiful. Um. But anyway, so Auden, poet. Uh, yeah, a lot of stylistic breath. He was less of a perfectionist than... I don't know if he was less than a perfectionist. I don't know if he was less than a, less of a perfectionist than most poets. You just had to get that sentence right, didn't you? He was uh, less of a perfectionist than most poets, but um, certainly he was more willing to let things out in a less than super complete state as shown by his tendency to keep editing his earlier poems throughout his life. Yeah. Sure. And debate ranges on as to whether that was good or bad and how do we all feel about that, guys? I don't
0: care. Me neither. It's a vexing question because I prefer to just pretend that every poet releases every poem in its absolute perfect state, and that's totally unassailable. So the fact that po- poets revise their work at all, even before publication, really bothers me. Why does it bother you before publication?
1: I think that should be fairly simple. Uh, they're <laughs>
0: just not done writing it yet. Yeah. But then you have to ask, what does publication mean? And, you know, that, that I don't want to ask those things. Well,
1: publication is just the uh, the irreversible statement of, well, it's done. I'm not allowed to change it anymore.
0: I still prefer to think of it at, as as being some sort of more metaphysically concrete process, whereby the poet just gives birth to this poem whole, and then it's there. From the womb of their mouth. Indeed. Ee phone poem from the womb of their mouth. <laughs> Let's put our, our 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 mouth wombs in in uh in the nursery here. Yep.
1: Oh, uh, before we begin, what are you drinking? I am drinking. A cup of coffee. I am also drinking a cup of coffee, although it got cold while I was trying to get Skype working. But it wouldn't, so we're not using Skype today. Also, I'm not bad at computers. Okay, man. I'm good at computers. I just have to, I have to use two computers at the same time. Okay,
0: uh, the poem. Uh, here goes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this poem now. Nursery Rhyme. Their learned kings bent down to chat with frogs. This was until the Battle of the Bogs. The key that opens is the key that rusts. Their cheerful kings made toffee on their stoves. This was until the rotting of the loaves. The robins vanish when the ravens come. That was before the coaches reached the bogs. Now woolly bears pursue the spotted dogs. A witch can make an ogre out of mud. That was before the weevils ate the loaves. Now blinded bears invade the orange groves. A witch can make an ogre out of mud. The woolly bears have polished off the dogs. Our bowls of milk are full of drowning frogs. The robins vanish when the ravens come. The blinded bears have rooted up the groves. Our poisoned milk boils over on our stoves. The key that opens is the key that rusts. Did you like how I I I more or less got two syllables out of orange to preserve the meter? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was classy. It was super sexy. Oh, thank you. Orange. The meter is actually really iambic for uh for Auden. He he's he's often not that uh not that steady with his meter. He's, it varies, I found. Yeah. Like everything about his style, I suppose. But sometimes it's a lot more conversational with a lot more anapests and shit. Well, this is a
1: explicitly non-conversational poem. It's it's this is super atypical. I I don't think he has anything
0: else quite like this. Yeah, well, this is a weird ass poem. I don't actually know of anything else quite like this.
1: Well, it's a little bit like a nursery rhyme.
0: <laughs> True. Hence the tittle. Hence the tittle. Alright. Um, so okay. Uh unfortunately. I already figured something out about this poem looking at it briefly before the podcast. Uh, Skype. <laughs> so, I'll just say that and see if you agree. I think it's pretty unassailable. Um I think the the first the first level of this poem is secret meaning level 1 perhaps or maybe point 0.5 is uh unlocked formally uh and the key is the word key uh which points us to chiasmus which is a device that is running throughout the poem ah oh, snap yeah chiasmus is a rhetorical device that revert that in which key terms are repeated in reverse order uh and this is going on everywhere in this poem Uh, so, all right. So it's, well, the most
1: notable way that it uh, repeats is in uh, the last line of each stanza. Correct. How they go, you get the first one, second one, third one, and then third one again, second one, first one, which is just a perfect practical illustration of what a chiasmus is.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and incidentally, so for those listening at home, the it's, it's three line stanzas, the last lines that are repeated in chiasmus form like that are all italicized uh now there's a more complicated uh chiasmus uh going on with the end words it's a well it's a it's a chiasmus with a little uh a little jazzy riff put in there because we've got two rhymes going on and some repeated some repeated words so we got frog's bogs followed by stove's loaves now we know we're going to have to get a repetition of for a chiasmus, what comes later in the first go round is, uh, is, has to come first in the second go round. So now we have the, the chiasmus of frogs bogs is started with, with a repetition of bogs. But then instead of going directly to frogs, we get dogs. Then we have a similar process started here where we, where loaves comes up from the, the second stanza. And instead of going straight to stoves, we go to, we get the insertion of groves. Then in the next stanza, we get, uh, we swing back to dogs, uh, which finally closes the chiasmus uh, with a rhyme with frogs, like in the beginning. And then the second chiasmus is closed by a return to groves, followed by a return to the Uh, the first word, and the second rhyming pair, stoves. I know that that's probably impossible to follow, but just trust me.
1: Let me just try this. Frogs bogs, stoves loaves. Bogs dogs, loaves groves. Dogs frogs, groves stoves. That should clear it up for
0: you. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, yeah, I feel like that's a pretty unassailable formal observation, What does it mean? What the hell is this poem about? And how are these things connected?
1: Good question. (laughs) All right. I feel like the key is figuring out what the hell the key that opens is the
0: key that rusts means. Right, right. Given that the key points us to chiasmus which provides the structuring element of the whole poem, one would imagine then that that line takes on particular resonance.
1: Also, just the general poetry analysis rule, the last line is important.
0: Yeah, sure. It's also a really good line. Yeah,
1: it is. Okay, I mean, literally speaking, I think the meaning is uh, that when a key is used, it is more likely to rust than a key which is not used. I don't even
0: know if that's true, though.
1: Nor do I. We don't make keys out of things that rust, and frankly, I
0: don't believe they did during Auden's Day either. Also, with an unused key, it would depend on the environment in which you're keeping it. You know, if you were keeping it in a perfectly dry environment, maybe this is true, but if you were keeping it in a damp environment, then it seems to me it would rust faster. A damp environment such as a bog. Right. So so yeah, I I I, I mean, obviously we're being dumb uh, on purpose, <laughs> like we always are if we sound like we're dumb. It's always yeah. on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but, but right, okay, so obviously it's not, it's not literal. Uh, <laughs> because this is not a literal poem on any level.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it, it's clearly taking a lot of uh, inspiration from, um, you know, your, your fairy tales and also just your, your old-fashioned Mother Goose. Um, right. Uh, which, coincidentally, weirdly, I was reading the other day for some reason. That's weird, hmm. yeah. It's actually very very similar in keeping to some of the weirder um rhymes in the old version, like they're not hmm. so much uh dark
0: and unfamily friendly as they are just weird, yeah, sure. well, this is plenty weird yep. uh so i feel I feel like i mean we could we could probably stab in the dark and get something close to what the the key line means, but I feel like it's it's maybe best to bracket it, yeah, uh, until the end here. <sighs> So why don't we, why don't we just go through like we always right. do? Uh, okay. So first word there, why there? Hold on. Uh,
1: there's, there's another thingy going on with the first words of each line.
0: N- another chiasmus?
1: Yeah. There, this, there, this, that now, that now, the are, the R. That's not a chiasmus. Though.
0: There's actually no chiasmus there, but it is a thing. That's weird. There, this, there, this, that now, that now. The hour, the the hour. Yeah, it's just a a repetition that divides the six stanzas uh, into sets of two. Hmm. Curious.
1: I I just found another one. Uh, Last letter is a straight chiasmus. That wouldn't necessarily be true with the other formal observations we've made, would it? I don't think it would.
0: Last letter?
1: Yeah. Auden also does do acrostic shit sometimes. Um... SSS, SSS yeah. SSD, SSD, SSD,
0: SSS. Well, well it's a necessity uh, of the fact that the the last lines are re- a repeating chiasmus and the other lines all end in plural nouns. It's it's a it's a valid observation, you know, but I think it calls it mostly calls attention to the interesting choice to have the, the first two lines of each stanza end with uh, plural nouns.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, this is a little reminiscent of, like, a sestina, um, but different.
0: Yeah, but with a, a, a fun-invented form. I th-
1: unless this is some obscure, like, British thing that we don't know about. But
0: nursery rhymes generally are not this strict in form.
1: Um, well, they, they tend to have a lot of made-up nonsense words to make them fit the form.
0: Yeah, at least the yeah. old ones
1: that I that I was looking at the other day, like with a hey ho diddle crack stuff like that.
0: And I guess we'll just mention because we always try to mention this metrically. It's not only iambic, but uh, but pentameter. So good old iambic pentameter. Yeah. Okay. So first word there. Why there?
1: Whose? Whose? Yeah. <laughs> Whose? Indeed. Someone's. It's God. <laughs> We d- we never find out who it is, so it's God, mm, or is it God's house? Oh, maybe that's where the king lives. Hmm. Okay. Um. But learned kings.
0: Uh, there. Okay. There's. I. I'm. I'm beginning to. There. Your observation about the the first words. I mean, there's an interesting progression there to that to the. You got um, a specificity. Uh, turning into a generality but uh, okay anyway that that, let's get into it uh yeah okay so so do we have any information in this poem about who the there refers to
1: i do not see one
0: yeah i I don't either um Uh, let's say the people right okay so the people Well, okay, so that positions the poet outside of the people. I think we can at least say this much, that the poet is is not professing allegiance to these kings.
1: Right, also the fact that
0: they have multiple kings is certainly a bit confusing. Sure. I mean, I read this more as a generational thing than uh, multiple kings at once. Really? Well, no, because
1: it's, uh, because, it's placed in time, because they sat down with frogs until the Bogs,
0: the Battle of the Bogs. Which is capitalized as to indicate that is the name of a specific battle. Right. Uh, you know, the uh, the kings of of England were Tudors until. All
1: oh, right. Um.
0: Okay. I guess you could read it that way. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I just assumed it because it seemed the more naturalistic reading.
1: No. Yeah. It's totally natural. Uh, obviously, it's generational kings who are talking to frogs as opposed to mm-hmm.
0: a bunch of kings who are reigning <laughs> at the same time. All talking to frogs together. I mean, that's an image. Yeah, uh, we'll see which is true. Okay, they're learned kings. So these are, these are well-educated kings who nonetheless, or perhaps because of their education, uh, find it worthwhile to spend time talking up frogs. Um, okay, so we have an obvious uh, evocation of the frog prince.
1: Um, the frog prince is one of them. There are actually, I mean, there are tons of fairy tales about, them. but I'm trying to
0: think of fairy tales where, where frogs directly intersect with royalty. They do in pretty much all of them.
1: And all the ones, um, like all the ones I can think of that are about frogs, they meet a prince or a princess or a king
0: or something. So what are some others that come to mind? Oh, and... there's
1: the one about the princess with the golden ball. Um, oh yeah. That one. What? How does that one go? Uh, Maybe that's a variant of the Frog Prince. Um.
0: Yeah, okay, the golden ball is, is the Frog Prince. Oh, is it? Um. Yeah. Yeah, she drops the, her golden ball into a pond. Okay, I mean, even if there are other fairy tales, and I, I believe that there are, the Frog Prince is certainly the most famous. Oh, there's one called The Well at the World's End. Frog Prince is literally the, the first fairy tale in Brothers Grimm
1: all right fine
0: I mean come on you can, you can make an argument to reach but I still think the argument of this is going to be the go to is means I, I'm just
1: saying if you're not drawn to one called the well of the world's end I don't know what's wrong with you
0: no that does sound awesome actually
1: um okay blah standard standard this is exactly the same really uh yes this is the same story now okay there, I, this is one of those things where they're all the goddamn same story isn't it it might be. Yeah, you know, type uh, 450, as opposed to type 460, where there are two sisters. <laughs> if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's uh, the, Arne, Arne,
0: Arne, the
1: A-A-R-N-E-Thompson, uh, which is a system of categorizing fairy tales.
0: Which... Fun stuff. Okay. Um, now, the Learned King's been down to chat with frogs. I almost, like... I mean, it's 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 a weird evocation of the Frog Prince, if it is one.
1: Uh, what what happens in Aristophanes' The Frogs? But is there a king who
0: talks to a frog in it?
2: Um, I don't
0: think there is. I do not remember this. Now, the the uh the Frog Prince does date back uh to something in the Satyricon. Yep. Thank you, Wikipedia. Hmm. Ah, I mean, it's, yeah, no the the frogs and the frogs are, don't don't seem very relevant to me. But they go brick quack quack. I
1: think.
2: Yeah.
1: It doesn't sound like Greek to me, but all right, fine. I, 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 I Do you know anything else with frogs? Let's move on. All right, all right. So, do you know anything with dogs? Our find illusions technique is uh coming up a little short here. Yep. I think that may be the improper uh, avenue towards this poem, anyway.
0: I yeah, I think that this poem is constructing its own fairy tale terminology. that's yeah. meant to be evocative of uh, of a sort of general fairy tale atmosphere, but not necessarily related to specific ones.
1: All right. So, um, so the kings bent down to chat with frogs to chat. That's very casual. It's very odd,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like most other poets would say, talk or speak. Yeah. Um, this was until the Battle of the Bogs.
0: Right. That's a weird line. Just throwing out the reference to some sort of I take it to be frog war, war yeah, it, it, with the frogs.
1: My my initial interpretation was indeed some kind of frog war. Um, right. I, re- it, I
0: mean it almost sounds like, you know, it sounds it kinda sounds like the the kingdom of the learned kings goes to war with the frogs, and oh, that's wait, why they're wait, no longer
1: way. Wait, 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 what if they're the French? Mmm, they could be the French. Because that's a thing. Oh, this better not be some stupid fucking allegory about the Hundred Years War. Yeah, let's hope
0: not. Well, we're not gonna get it if it is. <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> yeah that's true um uh you mean we're gonna pretend not to get it because when we say dumb things we're just pretending yeah um
1: but now it's important that we don't always look like we have all the answers otherwise yes no it's it's that's important no because listen if we release nothing but like crazy far-fetched crackpot theories about how the blimps are Apollo and shit, <laughs> um, then, frankly, I wouldn't blame the listeners for thinking that we were just fucking making this shit up and just... Okay, you
0: know, a, well, we, we can we can say right here and now that we don't really know shit about the Hundred Years' War, and we're screwed if it's about that.
1: Yeah, but that is a thing that nursery rhymes do sometimes, you know? Yeah. Be about a war.
0: Okay, but uh, but I think just taking it on its own terms, I think the implication here is that the kings go to war with the frogs and are not able to to have their you know daily chats with them anymore. Yes, that's how I would read it. So we've got a yeah, so we've we've got a picture of uh, sort of a, a fall from a golden age here type mm.
1: type. Battle in the Bog is a song from uh, the God of War II soundtrack.
0: Ah, that was probably a a big, big Auden fan.
1: Yes, of course. God of War II reminds me of the playful verse of W.H. Auden. Well, it's a video game. You play it, don't you? It's playful. Brilliant. (laughs) Okay. Uh, okay. It was a battle of the bog side, but that was 20 years after the poem was written. So that doesn't count.
0: Okay. The key that okay. Their learned kings bent down to chat with frogs. This was until the Battle of the Bogs. The key that opens is the key that rusts. All right, we're going we're gonna to keep bracketing. And we're going to come back to that, yeah. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that this poem might be harder to analyze in our typical way. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll ha- you know, we're stretching our skills. Right, okay. Uh, they're cheerful kings... Now, are these, is that a different description of the learned kings? Are, are these both qualities of the same kings, or are these designating different kings? I don't know. I don't either. Um, but anyway, they're cheerful kings made toffee on their stoves. Uh, so, cheerful kings with a sweet tooth.
1: Yep. That's it's funny, because that's not the sort of thing, thing a king would do, is it? They wouldn't cook. A yeah, stove? It's... That's silly. Yeah, the kings even have stoves? Their castles do, but then they have their, uh, their,
0: their cook slaves. And, or um, serfs, don't... I'm sorry, cook serfs. I still don't even know if they have stoves. Don't they just have big, roaring fireplaces?
1: Well, they had stoves at some point. There are still kings, and I'm sure they have stoves.
0: No, actually, the, the abolition of monarchy was complete and coincided completely with the invention of the stove. They cooked all the kings.
1: Uh, yes, that's why we call the Enlightenment the age where they cooked the kings. <laughs> that was the
0: Enlightenment's motto. It was that's where the light came from, the cooking kings.
1: <laughs> that's
0: right. It was the stove light. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right, so I think we just fall Uh, back on jokes when the poem doesn't make sense. The Hundred Years' War, incidentally, uh, was a war over uh, who would own the stoves. Yes, between the frogs and the bears. (laughs) Who are the Russians? Yeah. All right, this was until the rotting of the loaves. Ah, the rotting... Of the
1: loaves. Ah, yeah, that is also capitalized like Battle of the Bogs, as though it right. were a uh, you know a proper date in history. And that one it, it, doesn't it sound almost like that could be a thing from like English history? Yes, it does. So does Battle of the Bogs, for that matter. Yeah. In 1194, there was the rotting of the loaves when uh, the fucking Pope decreed that a new bishopric would
0: be heralded in Shropshire. That was that was crazy. Yeah, everyone was an uproar about that. Uh, You know, couldn't compare to Battle of the Bogs, but still.
1: Rotting, by the way, according to Webster, means to undergo decomposition from the action of bacteria or fungi. Uh, Thanks, Noah. And that dates back to the 12th century, which uh, is right about when the rotting of the loaves happened. Maybe that's where the word got its name. Yeah, I think it, it probably did. After the rotting of the loaves, they had to have a diet of worms.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. Well done. All right, loaves. We got uh we got we got some loaves and fishes. Some New Testament shit going on maybe. Right, it's the, the splitting of the loaves. Is
1: that what that's called? Is that what that's called? Or is it the feeding of the many? or uh, I don't know my miracle names. Uh everyone is yelling at their their uh, podcast device the name of that miracle. I'm sure. Uh,
0: uh just called the loaves and, and the fishes, man. Does it have another name? I don't know. That's why I... Don't they usually have Uh, names? Yeah. Uh, Okay. It's called feeding the multitude. Is that that what I said? No. You said something about splitting the atom. (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, that's the thing Auden would also often do in his poetry is bring in some uh, scientific imagery. That was uh, something he was known for.
0: Yeah. Um, maybe rotting of the loaves actually is the splitting of the atom. You know, let's keep that. <laughs> let's. uh and battle of the bogs. World is war in
1: the Pacific. Yeah, and the frogs. Right. Are, the frogs are the Japanese, and th- they're chatting with them. Represents the uh, when uh, Major what's his name uh, in the Meiji Restoration. Uh,
0: the, the the frogs are the French man. We caught that one. Uh, no, but but maybe they're the Japanese. <laughs> yes. The French of the East. Matthew Perry. Commodore Matthew Perry.
1: So, the uh, let me say that again. So, yeah, if the Battle of the Bugs, the War of the Pacific, and then prior to that, the learned kings being like America uh talked to the um the Japanese with commodore Matthew Perry during the Meiji Restoration and then the rotting of the loaves was the splitting of the atoms. Yeah.
0: All coming <laughs> together. All coming together. Um uh,
1: incidentally, loaf is British slang for head or mind, as in he's off his loaf. Oh jolly. Probably need to edit that out. Mm, why? No, it's interesting. When I do the accent. Oh, come on.
0: They don't like it when we do that. Whatever. I don't. I want to get a BBC show. All right, all right, all right.
1: I can be the funny American.
0: That's that's fair. You know, if anyone's gonna like us, that's yeah. We don't want to piss off the best potential audience we have.
1: Yeah, go Manchester United, <laughs> <laughs> the most popular of the football teams. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, anyway, uh, so maybe the rotting of the loaves is uh, the moral decline that Eliot spoke of in The Wasteland.
0: Auden's not so big on moral decline.
1: Uh, no, not really.
0: Well, he he does do social criticism. He does, but it's it's not coming from the weird metaphysical conservative position of an Elliot.
1: No, it's, it's much, it's, it's not
0: that apocalyptic. No. Um, but okay. So whatever, we got nothing. Um, this is, this is great. This is great. We've never, we've never had so much nothing. And after that, like, you know, really incisive formal analysis too. Interesting. Yeah. There's only so far a formal analysis can get you, I guess.
1: Well, um, let's just get through this and, (laughs) The literal meaning might be a little too literal here. Okay, but we've got loaves and fishes. Maybe that'll tie in with something.
0: Yeah, who knows, man. All right. Uh, the robins vanish when the ravens come. That seems... I mean, if that... You know, that makes sense. <laughs> that, that
1: that does make sense. They don't hang out. I mean... No. They do. I've, I've seen robins and
0: ravens, like, in the same place. It's fine. They're fine.
2: They
1: don't eat the same stuff. Yeah,
0: okay. But on a metaphorical level, it's... It makes sense. Right. What do, what do
1: ravens eat metaphorically? Is it carrion? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah.
0: Yeah. Time passes and then bad stuff happens. And bad stuff happens all at once. Ain't no more good stuff around when the bad stuff starts. Right, because robins are good. And ravens are bad. Wow. This is some cutting edge <laughs> analysis.
1: Okay. So that was before the coaches reached the bogs. Okay, so we're getting we're getting some timeline here. Yeah, we
0: are. We're getting some very specific timeline. Okay. Uh, so which
1: means that there were multiple kings at the same time. How do you gather?
0: uh because oh no no that hasn't been established never mind no i don't see that um i do see now i would imagine that this is referring to the battle of the bogs i could be wrong but i think we might as well assume that this is supposed to be connected uh, i agree i i can imagine the coaches reached the bogs to be potentially the beginning of the battle
1: now coaches is an interesting word there
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not very... Um, Do you think we're talking about football coaches or... I, I assumed carriages of something. Okay, team, right? okay, yeah. Um, although, <laughs> uh, you know, I think we should assume car...
0: No, should we? I don't even know if we should. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I had a I had a great coach back in high school. His No, name. you didn't. Yeah, I did, man. His name was Benjamin Franklin after him. <laughs> He was he was you know he was absolutely great um, until around midnight.
1: <laughs> okay well I have to release the episode now. <laughs> okay um so I have no meanings here um, yeah okay no so they're car- we're in some
0: kind of fairy tale land <laughs> <laughs> We're in some kind of fairy tale land um, okay and they take their coaches to the bogs to make war with the frogs. Um, right now, okay. Now, when is the now? Now is after all this, right? Right okay, now, now we are anchored in the present. Okay, so now years have passed since the coaches reached the bogs. Uh, we don't know what relation in time this has to the rotting of the loaves yet, but we can for sure say the battle of the bogs is over and done with. And now, woolly bears pursue the spotted dogs. Presumably, the bears lived in the bog and were the frogs' friends. Presumably. Uh, but now they're out of the bog, and they're after those dogs. Yes. Now, well, who
1: are the dogs? They're spotted. <laughs> now, does that mean dogs with spots or dogs that have
0: been seen? Oh, mm. uh, Yeah, well, if there's, there's a pursuit going on, then the pun is, is clearly intentional. Right. Uh, right, okay. Which gives me nothing. But yep. it's clearly there. Yeah, it's there. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um good good density of meaning. Yeah. Yep. 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 Good
0: poetry. I don't dislike this poem. <laughs> no! I I'm I'm flabbergasted that I'm continuing to like the poem I'm bouncing off of this hard. It's very uncharacteristic. Okay. Uh, so then a witch can make an ogre out of mud. Cool line.
1: Yeah, that line goes a long way to making me like this poem. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um Right, okay, so we've got this kind of ogre golem thing. Right. Okay,
1: and I think the witch lives in a bog because that is often where witches live.
0: Now, can we we make the leap and say that the bog is composed of mud? Even though I know that that's not technically what a bog is composed of. Can't a bog be composed of mud? I thought they were composed of peat.
1: Uh, Well, there are peat bogs, but I think there are other kinds too. Okay,
0: there are other kinds... Then then sure. Let's let's just go with muddy bog. Webster's defines it as
1: wet, spongy ground, a poorly drained, usually arid area rich in accumulated
0: plant matter. All right. Sounds like mud to me. Yep. Sounds like there can totally be mud. Yeah. Um, Okay. so uh, there there is at least one witch in the bogs. Right, but but she's not the witch. She's not the witch. Um, well, I mean, I, we don't. I mean, okay, frankly, we're overstating it. It's a. It could be a generalized, indefinite article indicating that if there were a witch, she would be able to make an ogre out of mud. Uh, but that means at least that in this in this world, people do know things about witches, uh, or if they don't, the speaker does. Right, right. The speaker. Maybe the speaker is a witch. Yes, that is a possible thing.
1: Maybe the magic they use is chiasmuses.
0: Right. I mean, we, okay, so we, we acknowledged before that this speaker was outside of the sociopolitical order. Uh, and who is more outside the sociopolitical order than the bog witch? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, okay, so maybe uh, the ogre out of mud is the chiasmus. Or the poem itself, or the principle of uh, chiasmatic poetry, whatever that is.
1: I have to go put a potato in the oven for my wife. All right.
0: You analyze. I'm not going to analyze without you. Hello? Hey. All right, did you figure it out? Um, I've been trying to see if I can... Uh, If there's an implied chiasmus uh, chiasmus reading of each final line, uh, so that unstated would would follow uh, uh, a chiasmus echo along the lines of, the key that opens is the key that rusts, and rusty is the key that opens the key. (laughs) Think we can get anywhere with that? Well wouldn't the robins vanish when the
1: ravens come just be when the ravens vanish the robins come? And
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cycles. Ah uh, and uh out of mud, an ogre can make a witch. Ugh.
1: Of of course. It's about electrons.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, right. Um out of ogres, well, out of ogres, a mud can make a witch?
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Just try rearranging the words. (laughs)
0: That's that's how you interpret poetry. Yeah. You just... You you see, the the key is realizing that word order doesn't matter in a poem.
1: Well, it matters, but it only matters in such that it's tricking you into a way to find out the real word order.
0: (laughs) Right. The hidden order of all things. Yeah. Okay. So, uh... (sighs) Okay. Um uh you got anything else uh about a witch can make an ogre out of mud, then that sounds like a cool myth. witch I wanna meet her.
1: Yeah, did did we discuss where the bears came from?
0: Uh we are assuming they came from the bogs.
1: Right, right, right. Okay. No, I don't have anything. We'll we'll get another go with the witch after the next two lines anyway, so Right, right. We get a second chance with all of these last lines, luckily. We need
0: it. No,
1: except for the Robins one, that one's pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was before the weevils ate the loaves. Now that's presumably the the uh the famous rotting of the loaves. Right, right, right,
0: right. Uh yeah, so it's interesting. So we're we're getting we're getting information on the timeline here uh in a way that necessarily mirrors the the syntax of the chiasmus.
1: Mm. Right. So it's battle of bog, rotting a loaves, and the rotting. Wait. If the rotting of loaves was before the battle of the bog, right? No, no, it's not. There's no association established at first between the loaves and the bog, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll do an analysis of the temporal chiasmus uh, when we've got the the timeline down
1: you know you can't make yourself sound smart just by saying chiasmus as much as pops popsicle
0: but i put a really smart adjective in front of it temporal man that's gotta be something and i just called something a popsicle i mean (laughs) Uh, yeah you know popsicle why not uh yeah
1: uh so this was before the weevils ate the loaves so right. the bears are
0: pursuing the dogs before the weevils ate the loaves. All right, this is great. We can start working things out. Okay, so that was before the weevils ate the loaves. Okay, so the weevils had to eat the, lo- the loaves after the rotting of the loaves. Well, I you could see the rotting. I You could, but that seems to me to be a, a, weaker, a weaker reading. But either way, even if you saw either the rotting and the weevils eating the loaves, are the same thing, uh, or the weevils uh, eat the, the loaves after the rotting of the loaves. At, at any point, at either way, we can we can say that the rotting of the loaves either has to be before or equal to in time, that the, the moment when the weevils eat the loaves, right? Yes. Now, we know then uh, that the rotting of the loaves... Uh you're, you're you're banging on something while you're talking. I'm sorry. I'm I'm excited that we have something to work out. Okay, you're right. Uh okay. That means that uh the coach has reached the bogs uh beginning the battle of the bogs before <sighs> why fuck we don't know anything. Ah, because the rotting of the loaves could have taken unless the rotting of the loaves is equivalent to the weevils eating the loaves, which I don't think it is. The Rotting in the lows still could have been before the Battle of the Bogs.
1: Well, at the very least, we're knowing... That these things are happening in very close proximity, right? It seems like it. It's
0: right because eventually the loaves would totally decompose, right? No, so, there's a
1: there's a small window in which weevils would eat the loaves, uh, which does indicate that the kings were making coffee. Who were making coffee were the same kings
0: who chatted with frogs. I think that's the strongest reading that we have: is that all of these things are are happening all together, maybe, maybe you know, working together to sort of describe. Uh, a period of chaos and a kingdom in decline. Yes. Very
1: reminiscent of the, the Jacobian period.
0: <laughs> it's not. <laughs>
1: I don't think it is. I think the Jacobian period was... You know what? I don't know what it was like. Whatever. I'm just digging a hole. Digging, 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 dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Now, do you mean Jacobian or Jacobite? Well, there wasn't a Jacobite period. <laughs> there, there
1: was a Jacobite
0: rebellion, I think. I'm. I'm just... Fucking with us because we're so screwed when it gets into the details of of English medieval history. That wasn't medieval, man. Well, of pre-modern English history. Okay, not that we're even that. We're we're not history guys. Well, ancient history? Yeah, I ancient history. I'm pretty solid on. Yeah, I, I, we
1: we can do up to zero. <laughs> <laughs> Anything
0: after zero. <laughs> Up mm. to zero. That's our catchphrase. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Up to zero and then after about 1850-ish. Hmm.
0: All right. Um, ah, 1800. Yeah, no, French Revolution and after, I feel like, decent ground.
1: Yeah, you know, like uh, the Crimean War, which was between
2: the and the <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, come on. All right, now, all right, back to the present. Uh, now we, we're back to these bears, man um but they're blinded which again i i'm feeling like i'm feeling like we're seeing the pattern here uh, that when we get the multiple adjectives they're still describing the same the same substances same actors right i think this has got to be the same bears woolly and blinded bears uh uh okay and they are out of the bogs and they're invading the orange grove now interestingly uh
1: woolly can also mean Marked by a boisterous roughness or lack of order or restraint. Mmm, that,
0: that sounds like the bears, all right.
1: Also marked by mental confusion.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, and blinded. Maybe,
1: yeah, maybe they're confused because they're blinded.
0: Mm-hmm. Minded well, blinded also could be used metaphorically here.
1: Oh. Now, um, do you think the dogs <clears throat> blinded the bears? Well, no. Wait, no, the bears, because they spotted the dogs.
0: Oh damn! Yeah, that that our, our pun there just uh just got a little bit of a a juicy twist.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: uh, right. They... Okay. So how do they spot the dogs if they're blinded?
1: Well, I mean, that could just be pointing out that that's the wrong reading, and he just means dogs with spots.
0: But that's boring.
1: Well, I don't know if it is boring because uh, then it forces us to ask how the bears were blinded. Hmm. Hmm. Do orange groves blind bears? Is there a thing about bears where they can't see in an orange grove? I
0: I hope there is. (laughs) Or like, if bears drink too much orange juice, do they go blind? Yeah, ancient, you know, Russian advice for dealing with a bear attack. Lure him into your orange grove.
1: Right, yeah, that's why it's uh, that famous Chekhov play, The Orange Grove. But no one ever performs that one anymore because it's just a bunch of bears walking around (laughs) and running into stuff, which was fine when he was writing, but is now really unacceptable.
0: Yeah, very politically incorrect. (laughs) can't do that to bears. Sure, all bears are blind, Chekhov.
1: That wasn't a jab at political correctness. By the way, we're very politically correct. It's not something we have issue with. Just, just being clear. I think it's it's generally a good thing. And if you don't think it is, don't write in. I don't care. Okay. Okay. Maybe the maybe it's not orange trees. Maybe the groves are orange in color to imply that it is fall or autumn. Then it would be yellow, man. <laughs> Look. The, sometimes it's orange. It can be orange too. We're not saying two bears diverge in a yellow wood here. We're saying <laughs> now blinded bears invade. The orange <laughs> groves. Totally different. I think there's enough room in autumn for both yellow and orange.
0: Yeah, but autumn doesn't get us anything. I actually feel like we've already got plenty of decline imagery. I actually feel like the, the you know, the vitality of the orange grove is a more interesting addition to the poem. Okay, well, maybe this means the bears are in Florida,
1: because that's where there are orange groves.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, where would this... Oh, wait, wait, okay. Yeah, actually, this could take place in Florida. <laughs> There are bogs there.
0: (laughs) Yes, and it sounds more and more likely the more syllables you can uh, you can push into the word Floridida.
1: No, no, I mean think about it. And what is Florida known for? That's right, the phantom of youth. Where does youth live? The nursery. Oh,
0: damn, man! You are the captain of Floridida here.
1: shut up so in florida's orange groves, blind bears attack and we're
0: reminded that a witch can make an ogre out of mud um we are yeah we lest we forgot in the space of one stanza (laughs) uh because and because it is so obviously relevant once again as it always is uh a witch can make an ogre out of mud
1: now who is the ogre Uh,
0: um man
1: Maybe we're all... Yeah, okay. I mean, she's made out of mud. That's a man thing. Like yeah. made out of clay, you know? Uh It's, it's like uh, that, that, that song, 16 Tons and what do you get? People say a man is made out of mud. Poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Muscle and blood and skin and bones. A mind that's weak and
0: a back that's strong. You're all 16 tons. What do you get? <laughs> Normally I would stop you, but I don't really have anything better to
1: add. So. Well, I'll edit in an actual version of me doing the song. I did not do that. Instead, I just added a little bit of guitar to make my initial ad-lib singing a bit more fun. And for emphasis. Fun emphasis. emphasis.
0: Um. All right. I, I find it harder to imagine a witch finding enough mud in an orange grove to make an ogre.
1: Right. Maybe it's the Garden of Eden. Maybe the Orchard Grove is a Garden of Eden because it's a forbidden fruit, and the
0: bears can't find the forbidden fruit. Because they're blind.
1: Right. Maybe this is like an allegory, and man is but a blind bear in the Garden of Eden. Yeah.
0: But I thought man was the ochre out of mud. Man's everything.
1: Well, notice how the pronoun is never defined. Who's learned king? Maybe mm-hmm. it's the king of the bears? Could
0: be. Could be. I think not actually... I think that's actually worth considering. You know,
1: people are always like, why is Humpty Dumpty always drawn as an egg? Shit's confusing. Yeah. Like, whoever was writing that down, like, and had to draw pictures, is like, what is Humpty Dumpty? It's just something named Humpty Dumpty. And there's a Mm. king? Is he the king? (laughs) Is he an egg? (laughs) And then they eventually decided he was an egg, because that was the easiest thing to draw.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it's really funny the way that this is defying analysis, but it's, it's something to do with using using these these terms that are just that are associated with 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 fairy tales um, and basically just nothing else. Like there's no, you know, there, there's no layer. There are no layers to these terms.
2: Oh, okay, bears, maybe,
0: are, bears are bears. Right. Well, maybe we have to look at it algebraically. OK, um, maybe we didn't think enough about weevil. The word evil is in there. We evils, yeah. Ate the loaves, uh, so that's 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 who the speaker is. It's the weevils. It's the weevils, evils, right? The those... little evils. That's who's saying the poem. <laughs> the little evils. <laughs> wee evils. Wee wee evils.
1: Yeah, maybe that's uh, maybe it's the frogs. I mean, I think we haven't gotten to the evidence that supports that, but it's possible. Hmm. Mm, but weevils are not frogs. But we evils are. Well, and also, if these are incorporeal, like, darkness spirits, like, maybe these are the demons that the kings used to bargain with. The old pagan gods. And Could the be? Battle of Bogs was the rise of Christianity. And <laughs> then they, like, the, and that unleashed the bears. We're <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Vikings. Man. That attacked England's orange groves and the, the the pagan gods were turned into these wee evil spirits that rotted their
0: loaves. I mean, the thing is, like, actually, the wee evils <laughs> or the weevils, actually, they, they seem to be the with the possible exception of the dogs well, and the frogs. uh and the robins and never mind uh the only the only okay Uh, what, what was the point you thought was true because that might be funny the point i thought was true and then turns out to be drastically untrue is that the weevils don't seem particularly evil all they did was eat some rotting loaves which just makes them sound desperate and poor maybe the weevils are just poor peasants right wait what contradicted that Oh, I wanted to say that they seemed uh, freer of uh, moral stain than the other creatures here. But really only the bears have been vilified. Right. And, uh, and, and, I, and we don't even really know if they're vilified because maybe the spotted dogs fucking deserve it. Yeah, we, we really don't. Okay, um, so a uh, little
1: etymology. Uh, the word weevil uh, comes from Proto-Germanic weeblets, <laughs> which is uh, also the source of Old Saxon "wibble" and Old High German "wibble" and German "weibel" and or an Old Norse uh, "tortifle," which means dung beetle. Mm. Uh, The root means to weave or move quickly. Uh, It's a kind of beetle that bores into plants often. Destroy. This is not useful. Okay.
0: No, no. I mean that's kind of cool that it's the the weaving creatures. Okay, weevils.
1: Maybe the if the poet is the weevil, the collective weevil, because he's weaving a poem.
0: Yes, a tapestry of words. Well, I mean, the way
1: this poem's chiasmasols blurb together, uh, it's very woven
0: like a bug would do. (laughs) This poem is written much like a bug would weave a tapestry. All right, going on, moving on. We are back to Wooly Bears uh, because we got to... Uh, we got to get our repetition. Although it's not, um, it's, it's just pure alternation. This isn't a chiasmatic alternation. I hope that's the right adjectival form of that word, or I'm going to sound really dumb. What is? Uh, chiasmatic. Oh, I shit. Mean, it's
1: like an asthma. It's a key with asthma. It can't breathe. <coughs> so smart, oh, man. Its lungs are rusty. Mm. Maybe it's about asthma. And his inhaler.
0: Oh, oh right. Uh so it's about and, and and the voice, of course, being the instrument of the poet. His pharynx is sore. <laughs> his lungs are rusty, i.e. his pharynx is sore. Right. So just go listen to that podcast.
1: Right. He's telling us I see, Auden is telling us to go read that poem by Wallace Stevens.
0: <laughs> that we were able to analyze. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
1: Okay, moving on. So the woolly bears have polished off the dogs. Uh, There we see Auden's trademark um, casualness, polished off. That's a very 1947, January kind
0: of thing to say. (laughs) People were saying that a lot in January of 1947? Well, Auden was. Um, Oh, I see. That's the date on the poem. Yeah. (laughs) it's cool uh, that we know when he wrote it. maybe yeah, something uh, happened
1: then there a bear attack <laughs> in, in New york nineteen forty seven
0: all right, so bear attack ah uh, all right, the woolly bears have polished off the dogs. My jazz cat
1: what no, but there have been bear attacks. All I'm getting his recent bear attacks. Jesus Christ, there are a lot of bear attacks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been that way ever since the Battle of the Bogs, man.
1: Mm, God, so many... All right, no,
0: um, there is an implied cat here. What? Maybe that's the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Our bowls of milk are full of drowning frogs. Tell me you don't think about cat when you hear bowl of milk. I was thinking about me. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, the human cat. <laughs> no, but seriously, I feel like uh the absence of cat might be important.
1: Well, nothing rhymes with cat in this poem.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a reason for that.
1: What else rhymes with cat? Maybe that's the key.
0: Uh-huh. Maybe uh, it's the
1: king of the cats.
0: Who's qui- Oh, and chat, that's French for cat. Oh shit. Uh, Their learned kings bent down to cat with frogs, i.e. to treat frogs like cats, i.e. to offer them milk i.e., that's how they got in the bowl. It was the kings who weren't so learned after all because stupid things, they think frogs are cats and they put the poor frogs in the bowls of milk, thereby drowning them, thereby getting the rest of the frogs mad, thereby causing the battle of the bogs.
1: No, no, they they, they drowned all the frogs and then their friends, the bears, got angry and thought they were trying to hurt the frogs when they were just trying to treat them like cats. Oh my God,
0: yes oh shit and then and then and then uh the bears uh, uh do make the same mistake um that the the kings make in a and a great example of of historical irony and just as the kings confuse cats and frogs uh the bears confuse cats and dogs and try to take out their revenge on the poor dogs who did nothing
1: wait who did the 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 bears confuse cats and dogs yeah. Because the bears pers- go after the dogs, right? Right, because they saw dogs and assumed they were responsible. Right, But they were blind. But whatever. Yeah, how would they, well, uh, how oh, would they know who to chase? How would they know who to chase? How? Wait, 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 okay, wait. What if it's a class thing and, like, the dogs are like the the infantry soldiers, the, the, the poor miners' sons who
0: are sent off to World War I to fight bears? <laughs> wait, 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 okay. What if the bears mistake the dogs for cats just be- as the the king's mistake the frogs for cats because this is a, wor- a world in which the cats have disappeared and become a creature of legend
1: right okay maybe that's no that doesn't make sense
0: and and the robins think ravens are cats and that's why they flee because cats do attack robins unlike ravens
1: right i assumed that the cats had gotten the robins but no there are no cats
0: There are no cats in this world, just like there are no cats in this poem, man.
1: Okay, so the blinded bears have then rooted up the groves, and the poison milk boils over on our... Okay, wait, 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 that changes changes things.
0: Who poisoned the milk? Is it just poison because of the drowning frogs?
1: Well, yeah, you assume they're poison frogs. That's a thing.
0: Yes, good point.
1: All right, you assume there are poison frogs, because that's a thing. Um, Can you make toffee from milk? Yeah, I believe milk is an ingredient. Uh, no, according to this, it's just butter and
0: flour. Well, these kings are not that smart. Yeah, maybe
1: Auden didn't know that.
0: Mm, I mean, a king who would mistake a frog for a cat.
1: I mean, there is butter, so maybe, you know, it's an, it's a fairy tale. That you can mix up butter and frogs. Um, yeah. Okay, so sadly our no-cats interpretation is the best one we have. Uh, This is, yeah, very sad. Um, And we are basing that off of the existence of bowls of milk. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but, but you know what? At least it's coming together. And the fact uh, that he uses the word chat, which is French for cat. I'm. Uh, incidentally, I, I found some toffee recipes that include milk. Okay. I mean, that, that, that actually is, that's doesn't just have to be tied to our ridiculous cat interpretation. The fact that the Kings are making toffee on their stoves. And then it turns out that the stoves are on. Um, I mean, that what's being made in the, and the stoves are, are these bowls uh, of milk uh full of drowning frogs that's all legit in the poem stuff
1: right um okay so they're making frog toffee yeah okay
0: so let's go let's go over the timeline here so we've got some kings uh who are making toffee on their stoves uh with these with bowls why are they cooking the bowls directly on the stove? I don't. I'm know. willing to call that a nursery rhyme conceit. Yeah, me too. Um. Anyway, but uh, but these, but their 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 toffee milk is full of drowning frogs. Uh so, all right, No wonder, no wonder that frogs don't want to chat with them anymore. No wonder the battle of the bogs kicks off. Right. Well, we, no, we don't know the order there, because the the
1: bowls aren't full of drowning frogs until the woolly bearers have polished off the dogs. And the woolly bears spot the dogs before the coaches reach the bogs. So the bears attack first there,
0: before there's even... Wait, what? No, the, the woolly bears pursue the spotted dogs. That comes after the coaches reach the bogs.
1: Oh, okay. Right. No, no, you're right.
0: Um, no, but I agree. I agree that our bowls of milk are full of drowning frogs. That's He doesn't say now there, but it is in the present tense. Uh, so it does seem as if this is a description of our uh, post-lapsarian state of being. Right. So... so
1: you uh, could have some kind of graph or something to write this down.
0: Note that when I say post-lapsarian, I am, of course, referring to the time... Uh, after the existence of cat of the cat who who laps at the milk. Oh, um, <laughs> all right. Um, so the blind had rooted a grove rotting alone. Okay. What? What? Are, there's a lot of questions here. Uh, what did the bears want with the grove for one thing? Did they want the oranges? Why would they root up the trees if they wanted the oranges? The oranges like are they on the damn them, trees. They can't see.
1: Maybe they're idiots who think the oranges are underground like potatoes. <laughs>
0: Uh could be. Could be.
1: Idiot blind bears. Maybe the dogs are oranges. Maybe the dogs hide underground and turn into oranges. <laughs> and that's what they're like. They're spots. The spots are like oranges. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Alright, alright. Let's just see if we can put together the timeline. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um what is our first what is the event what's the first event?
1: Bending down and chatting with frogs. Right.
0: That is yeah, there's there's at least nothing stopping that from being the first event, right? Uh, okay. You know what,
1: maybe I should grab a pen.
0: <sighs> Just, to, you know, I'm
1: gonna open a, a. I'm gonna try to draw this out. That
0: might be wise.
1: Um, yeah, this in the the
0: fucking notes. Cool, cool.
1: All right. Uh, so first at the very beginning we have Talk Frog.
0: All right. Now this uh this may well coincide, and I think we have uh. I think we have grounds to assume that this coincides with the time in which cheerful kings made toffee on their stoves.
1: Right. That's either at the same time or a little bit after.
0: Yeah, yeah. But well so let's call this the golden age. Okay. Toffee King. Alright, the 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 time the the days of frog chats and toffee. Okay. And then this we'll is... divide this off as golden age. <laughs> All right. Now, sometime after the Golden, A- the, the Golden Age, we have the Battle of the Bogs and the Rotting of the Loaves. Okay. All right. Now, we know that the Rotting of the Loaves had to come before the Battle of the Bogs. Wait, how do we yeah, know that? Uh, because that... This wasn't until the rotting of the loaves. That was before the coaches reached the bogs, which we decided had to be the the beginning of the Battle of the Bogs.
1: Right. But no, because the kings don't stop making toffee necessarily. They could still be making toffee while the Battle of the Bogs is
0: happening. Well, it depends on the that what the that refers to. There, it could refer to the. No, I think it. I think that the that has to refer to the rotting of the loaves.
1: Oh, couldn't it uh, refer? For to when the Ravens came?
0: It could, but the fact that that's italicized makes me think that that, that occupies a space outside of the timeline construction.
1: All right, all right. Uh, all right, I'm gonna, I will do this against my better judgment, but I'm going to put a little red marker on that to question whether that's right or not.
0: All right, all right. I just think we gotta, we gotta go with the information we're given. And I think the strongest reading here is saying the rotting of the loaves, we're being told, precedes the battle of the bogs. And to me, that makes sense because the rotting of the loaves, uh, it, it's, it, it, it makes the most sense for that to be one of the instigating events of the battle right, okay, okay, so battle starts. We know that the first event of the battle is the coaches reaching the bogs okay, uh so let' me write that okay we have then we have present information let's let's hold off on the present for now, okay, the next that I think the the that has to not be referring to now woolly bears pursue the spotted dogs. Uh, I think it has to go back to that was before the coaches reached the bogs, right? Because. Um, yeah, because no, you're right. It doesn't
1: make sense. Otherwise.
0: Yeah, no, the tense just doesn't work otherwise. Right. Uh, so, so that's... uh, we know then that the weevils ate the lows after the, rotting. Um, after the coaches reached the bogs. Okay. Uh, so, so okay. So what's the order we have? We have
1: um, the Golden Age, then mm. the loaves rot, then the Battle of the Bog, which begins with the coach arriving mm. at the bog. Then the weevils eat the loaves, which is presumably still within the context of the battle, or maybe after the battle. It's not
0: really Right, there. Could, could be either one, but it's definitely after the start of the battle. Okay, so the, the loaves have been rotting for a little bit there presumably i mean we don't know maybe this all happens in the space of a day
1: right and remember there there are bear attacks and king's making toffee here so really like who knows how time works in this rhyme right
0: right right uh well we're gonna presume we can figure that out even though this might be a fool's no
1: I, i think we can figure out a before and after but i don't think we can figure out how long anything
2: took
0: yeah yeah no fair enough um Okay, then. so we have more now information, we'll get back to that. Okay, the wooly, no, that's a now information, that's now information. Uh, okay, no, all right, I guess we are in, in now territory. Uh, okay, so uh, bracket all that, separate section, now the rest of the lines in the poem, uh, discounting the italicized, are descriptors of, uh, of the, the modern world. Okay, so then we have now. Okay, and so let's try to put now in order. Okay, so... so
1: it, it would be bears pursue dogs first, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, um... I mean, I think we have no reason to distrust the order in which we're given these these points of info here. Yeah, okay.
1: Bears chase
0: dogs. Bears invade the orange groves.
1: Bears invade... I don't know why I decided to take notes in MS Paint using the draw tool. That was a Dumb way to do that. (laughs) Uh, Now it just looks like a crazy person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's appropriate.
1: Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) Invade grove.
0: All right, let's just do the bears info all all together. Uh, Okay. So then bears polish off dogs, and then bears uh, have rooted up the groves.
1: Maybe somehow in rooting up the grove, Maybe somehow
0: rooting up the grove was a side effect of polishing off the dog? Yeah, I think we have to answer how these, these two actions of the bears are related. Well, they could just be sequential. Well, but if we trust the sequence here, that they, they seem to be either happening at the same time or they're, the bears alternate their attacks.
1: Well, no, because they chase the dogs into the grove, then they finish off the dogs, and then still enraged, they destroy the rest of the grove.
0: Yeah, that seems like the most plausible explanation. Right. Um, okay. But okay, then the other point of info uh, that we have about the modern world is our, our, uh, our bowls of milk are full of drowning frogs and uh, they boil over on our stoves. Bowl. Okay. Okay, so I think we can divide this into three. Yeah, I have three- it divided into three. Right. So we have the golden age, we have the crisis and we have the modern world. Okay. So that's how you're dividing. That's how I would divide it. Right. I think this is about the transition between the golden age and the modern world. It's about this time of crisis when the loaves rot and, and the bogs battle. Okay. So
1: let me just uh, divide this up in my, my thinger.
0: Now. uh, Right. And then I think the italicized lines are, are truths of this world that cut across time periods. Okay. Let me send you this, um,
1: this link to this thing I drew. Okay. It'd be very helpful. Um, yeah, I would imagine.
0: Um, now I would imagine the modern world ought to form the second half of a chiasma started by the golden age.
1: Yes. Although you could divide crisis up into two periods being the rotting of the loaves and the battle of the bog.
0: Yeah. That is true. Um, All right. Uh, Whoa. That is (laughs) illegible. What part can't you read? No, that'll be helpful (laughs) for all the children.
1: I had to abbreviate some stuff, like bog bat.
0: Okay. uh, All right. We have frogs. We have toffee. We have loaves. We have uh, bog battle. uh, We have the pursuit of the dogs and the boiling of the milk. Um, hmm. I'm trying to identify the main elements in the, in the different periods and see if, if there's, uh, a chiasmus relation anywhere there.
1: Yeah. But where are these chiasmata going to get us? Let me just look up what the plural of the chiasmus is. And the
0: adjectival form. <laughs> if there is one chiasmusy. It's a Greek thing in it. Uh, yeah I believe so. What's, what's the Greek plural when the thing ends with this uh, it should be well, it depends on what what case it is. I don't know see what the plural
1: uh, t- says um, is chiasmi. we take we take our Wikipedia says it's from chiasma. I see I'm saying
0: kiasmi is the is the plural here And okay, what's the last letter Oh yeah, oh the, it's a yeah oh yeah, yeah that would be the plural yeah uh okay anyway bogs yeah i don't know i i mean he already gives us the chiasmus in language i guess we're not really going to be able to to work out another chiasmus strictly speaking temporally we just have to trust that the the temporal chiasmus is contained within the linguistic one uh, where would it get us nowhere um let's i wonder if the poem reads anything spelled backwards I mean, okay, I just, I guess I just want, I'm trying to work this out in my head because I find the idea of uh, a chiasmus in history interesting.
1: I'm going to try reading
0: the poem backwards. All right. I mean, come on. The idea that, that events would repeat themselves, but in reverse order in history, that's weird. Didn't we
1: have that idea for one of our stupid post-apocalyptic civilizations? We're not supposed to talk about our
0: creative endeavors here.
1: Well, I think if we talk about it in an incredibly baffling way like that, it's fine. (laughs) Didn't we have that idea before, you know, with the biography people for our post-apocalyptic civilization?
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: I think if it's like, you know, like if we talk about, oh, yeah, it's like that thing about where you live inside of a giant.
2: Yeah, sure. (laughs) The
1: giant's food from these nutrient lines that replace the highways (laughs) of America.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly like that.
1: I'd rather be explaining that right now. But okay, it's fine.
0: All right, anyway, there's there's actually nowhere to go with this other than I find that a vaguely interesting thought that's not going to help shed light on this poem. Maybe let's just look at those last lines and read those
1: together and see if we get anything.
0: All right, looking at the timeline as a whole before we do that. Mm-hmm. The frogs and the milk. If we assume that the toffee includes the making of milk, These are our first elements. These are our last elements. The main, the the central image to differentiate the golden age from the modern world is in the golden age. Kings made toffee on their stoves and chatted with the frogs. Nowadays, uh, we put the frogs on our stoves and they don't talk to us because they're dead.
1: And then they poison our milk, which boils over and makes a big mess.
0: Right. Uh, so.
1: Okay, well, know. that. Okay, wait. The fact that it boils over presumes the kings are dead because they're not attendant upon their stoves. And yeah. the milk is poisoned. I think we can come to the conclusion that the kings died
0: in the battle. I can get behind that conclusion. Um, how did the frogs end up in the bowls of milk, though? Maybe, maybe they, the, they fled the bogs after, after the battle?
1: Well, maybe when the dogs came to the bogs, the frogs left and went to the milk? It seems more likely that the frogs were forced into the milk, because frogs would not... Yeah, it seems more likely... Well, okay, maybe we go back to our theory where they thought the kings thought they were
0: cats. Yeah, that made more goddamn sense of any of this than anything else has.
1: Yeah, I know. It's not it's not encouraging. It's not
0: encouraging. Um okay, and all right. So, even if we acknowledge that the this the central image of the transition from the golden age to the modern world is going from a time in which we talked with our froggy friends uh and uh to to the, to a time in which we boil our froggy friends in milk on the stove. Um I'm really unclear what this has to okay and 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 i can see that the tensions with the frogs came up during the battle of the bogs i can even see that maybe uh this has something to do with the rotting of the loaves i you know maybe maybe the the loaves rot and we're forced to to start eating frogs i i think that's probably right i think that's probably right too but uh, yeah, and and okay, and that's great. Okay, so maybe that's progress. But but the question I was driving at: is what the hell that has to do with with the shit about the bears and the dogs and the groves?
1: Okay, you know what? Let's just work because I think I can get somewhere with the 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 frogs and the kings. Okay, but I think I think I'm, I think I found a little opening: the kings and the frogs. The kings. If we take, I think we need to take this poem in kind of a broad allegorical sense, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um like the way a nursery rhyme is in that it indicates certain principles to mm-hmm.
0: children. Sure.
1: So, in the olden days when the kings had all of their toffee, they were friends with the frog. Then the rotting of the loaves happened and then they tried to eat the frogs, but the frogs were poisonous, right?
0: Yeah, okay, I'm down I'm down for that. Uh right, yeah, the the toffee could be seen as uh as a sign of of the excess of of abundance in this world in which it, the loaves are plentiful right you only bother with dessert when you have dinner
1: right and i think it's and i think there's a kind of a let them eat cake irony going on here that because their loaves are rotten instead of just eating toffee or drinking milk Uh uh-huh. they're trying
0: to put the toffee on frogs well no i i think it's an i think it's a you know, it's a retort to let them let them eat cake. Huh? Yeah. Retort? Right. Because, the, you know, the toffee's not enough. So you got to go get you got to go get some frogs, which, you know, incidentally, the, the, the French interpretation has come back. Uh, but. Oh, right. You let them eat frogs. Yeah. Um, I don't know
1: what that means. Well, uh, let them eat French people. <laughs> I mean, that that would have been a really hardcore response. <laughs> the people are starving. Well, they can eat each other. Exactly. I mean, that would be fucking hardcore.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) That would have been maybe, you know, worth a beheading or two. Well, gee, you know,
1: there could just be half as many people with enough to eat if they weren't so fucking lazy. (laughs) Right. And we'd have half as many rebellious subjects. Win-win. I mean, that's interesting, at least. Okay, it's about cannibalism. Yeah, okay, that at least gets
0: to something we like. (laughs) You won't let me shit on... But you're going to mention on air that we don't have a problem with cannibalism.
1: Well, at the very least, uh, we like it a lot as an image. We find it compelling.
0: It is a compelling image.
1: Right. And hating is not a compelling image. No.
0: Makes me think of some sort of sexy rebel. And the bears. So the bears and the dogs would, also, would have to be the same, then, I think.
1: Why would they have to be the same?
0: If it's going to be about cannibalism.
1: But they, okay, well, you're right, the bears do eat the dogs. Yeah,
0: and if they're blind, uh, and it, that would make sense for why they, they're eating each other does that mean the,
1: the Does that mean the weevils and the loaves are the same? Uh, I guess it would
0: have to. Wait,
1: right, our arrival at cannibalism is not really supported by the text.
0: No, it's not remotely supported by the text. It was, it was just a hopeful jump. Into yeah. the void. No. Uh, it's yeah. No. Okay. Fine. It's not about cannibalism. Um, okay. It is about, it is about a movement of desperation now.
1: Well, it is. Yeah. It's about eating your friends who aren't the same species as you, but still about a, there's a breach of trust.
0: Right. Right. So I think we can, uh, we can read the, the bears turning against the dogs as, you know, as an extension of this time of political chaos uh, instigated by the Battle of the Bogs. Right, perhaps
1: uh, it is the uh, the rural peasants fighting against the urban pe- peasants.
0: Hmm, yeah. Like
1: the dogs from the cities and the bears from the bogs.
0: Hmm, the proletariat and the peasantry working against their ultimate class interests. Could be, could be. Was Auden a Marxist? I don't think so. I don't think he was either.
1: Uh, um, are the dogs the military? We really, get, the, the poem the poem gives us nothing about the dogs.
0: Yeah, no, with literally nothing. Okay, we do know though that the bears are not satisfied by the dogs. Right, they uh, need to they need to destroy trees. Destroy trees too, uh, just like we don't. We're not satisfied by the drowning frogs uh, who end up being poisoned.
1: Maybe the bears are the Russians. No, no, wait, wait. If okay, this is World
0: War Two. Oh Jesus. <laughs>
1: kira it was written in 1947 i know and you know everyone writes a, po- a fairy tale poem uh everyone writes a fairy tale poem about a war that ended two years ago
0: i it's, it's it's a law of poetry
1: yeah um you know we all remember uh the princess and the war in iraq okay but um but russia is bears right that's a thing
0: <laughs> russia is bears <laughs>
1: Right, I mean, that's
0: like... A, <laughs> it's their catchphrase.
1: <laughs> no, that, that's like a, you know, a, like that's the animal that they get associated with, right? Yes. Right, and the English would be the bulldogs, right?
0: Mm.
1: Right, that's the that's thing. And the frogs are the French, and the weevils are the
0: Polish? Look, I think, I think we're, I mean, as much as we want to sink our teeth into anything concrete at this point, that's not how you interpret it. The kind of allegory that, that a nursery rhyme is.
1: No, and it's what everyone always does wrong, and it's why it's so infuriating. Like, oh man, ring around the roses, it's about the
0: plague. <laughs> no, they're... nursery no. rhymes are good because whatever it is particular that inspires them, they 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 sink the metaphor down in the muck and and coat it with this you know, black tar until it it becomes something monstrous and basic and strange and compelling. Like Like, making an ogre out of mud. Like making an ogre out of mud was what I was struggling to reach towards, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so I just don't think we're going to get more out of this than there was a time of chaos Uh, in which, in which, you know, friends became enemies and it didn't end well.
1: No, I, that, that, that's fine. I'm cool with that.
0: I, it's just the bears and the dogs that I'm confused about. Frankly, at this point, I'm just willing to let that all be a description of that basic process. And I'm more hung up in, uh, all right. in in trying to make sense of the gnomic end phrases, because for God's sake, if there's one thing we could, we should be able to do, it's, it's be able to unpack a gnomic aphorism. Wait, the key that opens is the key
1: that rusts. No, that doesn't
0: make sense. Let's, okay, let's do that one last. All right, we the robins vanish when the ravens come. I still have no problem with that. That's, it, it seems really simple. Let's let's try to do a witch can make an ogre out of mud. That, because really, that is the weirdest line in here.
1: Oh, 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 wait, wait. I could be, like, um about making someone perceive an enemy when there is none, or where there is none. Like, a, the ogre's like a scarecrow.
0: Ah, mountain out of molehill phrasing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I think that's what it is, because that reflects the thematics that we were just talking about perfectly. Yeah, the
1: idea that you can start a war with anybody.
0: Yeah, if you just if you just have a witch, you know, convince people that that, that pile of mud is an ogre. Okay, I think that makes sense. All right, then that just leaves the key that opens is the key that rests. And this has got to tie into the back into the chiasmus. It's fucking got to. Or Dora, I have no idea what this poem is. This
1: Well, I mean, but the how how the meaning of the chiasmus is like it's a it's a rhetorical device. It's it, there's no inherent meaning. Well, yes,
0: but a rhetorical device is supposed to take its rhetorical power from a mapping of of the content onto onto the the formal structure. Right. So, so,
1: well, okay. I mean, on a basic, uh, the chiasmus is all about a reversal, right? Right. So the kings tried to make toffee out of the frogs, but the frogs ended up killing the
0: kings. Yeah, you're right. That's all there is to it, isn't it? I mean, that's
1: the chiasmus part. I think. Yeah, that is the chiasmus part. But I don't. But the key that opens is the key that
2: rusts.
0: Right. Well. That would that would just be a descriptor of of what you just described, right? The 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 thing that you are you are looking to uh, for your your salvation is uh, ends up you know damning you. I, I I don't quite get that out of the key that opens is the key that rusts. I mean we I get it. I'm not satisfied with it. Uh, I think it's there on the surface level. We could try to push it deeper. Could you parse it? I just don't
1: understand how you're drawing that meaning from those words.
0: The key that opens, all right? The, that, i.e., the good key, the key that does what a key is supposed to do, that you, you, what you, or at least the thing that you want a key to do is to be able to open things, right? Mm-hmm. All right. The one that is good at doing the thing that you want, the one that you think is going to be doing it, doing it the thing that you want, turns out it does the thing that you least want a key to do. It rusts and is no good for opening.
1: Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I think shit i think that yahoo answers interpretation of the poem might be right what the hell was that bad stuff always happens
0: <laughs> yes like, this was this was the only google hit when we looked this poem up someone asking what the hell this poem means and that was the only response
1: <laughs> yeah um i think that might be oh yeah that huh, no, makes sense it's a nursery rhyme so what's the number one thing you got to teach a kid everything breaks everything ends nothing is good forever
0: what it right what at first seems to be in good order, that order flips around like a chiasmus, and it turns out to transform into a bad order, yeah, the witch is weird. I'm like, all right, yeah, no the witch is i mean it's 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 all weird all right let let's talk about this poem because because I don't hate this poem, and I really feel like I should now. no, I like it too like this 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 poem did not reward analysis. No. Um. And yet I still find it an evocative poem that is doing something for me on a level beyond the incredibly sim- simplistic meaning that we were able to wring out of it. And frankly, would have been able, I mean, this is exactly the reading that if you gave me three minutes to come up with a reading, I, I would have hazarded. Uh, like, I see
1: what I would have hazarded
0: after three minutes is,
1: hmm, uh... Oh, gee,
0: I don't know. What do you think?
1: Because I refuse to say what I think about something until I'm absolutely sure I'm right. Yeah, all right, fair enough.
0: But like, gun to your head, this is more or less what you would have come up with, too. Come on.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I would have made out
0: of the ogre bit.
1: But yeah, no, none of our analysis, except maybe the wee evils... Especially if we imagine it as this sort of, um, you know, decaying demonic energy that time has inherent to itself. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The small evils of time are what destroyed the loaves which destroyed the peace between the kings and the frogs.
0: Yeah, I'm into it. Um, no, I guess I guess it's... hm. All of these elements in isolation are very evocative. Uh, I mean, the toffee shouldn't be. It is, though. But it is. It is. I mean, all of these elements are... You know they they all they all make me ask questions uh that i that I like now normally i i really i like these questions that a poem forces because I like the way that they build together to you know help uncover you know secret levels of of meaning that make the poem deeper and more interesting uh and here nothing built on anything else um but nonetheless the 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 images and the questions raised by each of the individual uh You know, lines was, is still so compelling that I I still, I still feel like I've gotten, I've gotten something out of the experience of reading the poem that it can't be boiled down to the the stupid meaning that we ended up with. But I mean, maybe it's just a good nursery rhyme. Yeah.
1: Like the images resonate within themselves. You were talking about how they don't really exist or connect to anything in the outside world. Yeah. build upon themselves to create a feeling, make you ask questions. And the kind of weird base questions they make you ask kind of give you a, an emotional
0: connection to the answer that you wouldn't have, uh, you know, just from learning an intellect. Yeah, I guess it just, right. I mean, the, it, the interesting thing about nursery rhymes and fairy tales is that they, they translate adult questions uh, that we still struggle with every day into terms that are evocative to a child's mind. And there's something interesting in, in, in being, being forced to go back to wrestling with, uh, wrestling with these, these questions of history and death and decay and reversal Using these childlike images, I think we've proved that it's not a good way to come to any sort of rational comprehension of these issues. Uh, but nonetheless, I think it's uh I think it at least is is a good and and powerful reminder that these issues resonate on those levels too. It's something is awfully easy for adults to forget
1: something that makes this poem work is the way that kind of the formal elements of it make you feel like all of these random things happening are connected?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when chiasmus structure and the way that the poem pointed out to us immediately with Key, I was like, oh, damn, this is going to be awesome. Like, we're going to get so deep into this. And so it's, it's pretty interesting that he sets the poem up as if a trap for people like us <laughs> and then he just fucks with us
1: <laughs> yeah I, I i i'm not prepared to say that that was his intention i'm
0: no i think it's fairly unavoidable that you know he might not have thought of it in terms of fucking with people like us but i think it's fairly unavoidable that he invites uh that kind of structural analysis and then uh you know Turns aside from it, forces I, us. I, I think. I,
1: I think this kind of structure could have come from a more kind of banal, like point of view. of Like I want to write something that's structured like a nursery rhyme and very kind of like you know. I could see this arising from some lines that got stuck in his head, rather yeah, than.
0: But the but the chiasmus structure is too deliberate, and the and the clue for it is is too evidently a clue for it. Like this is thought through. I agree. The origin was probably you know thinking thinking through nursery rhyme rhythms but this is too plotted out i think i think i i and and also it's thematically appropriate man like uh you know that in in giving us a re- a reminder of the way in which these uh these issues uh resonate even on levels uh that would be appealing to to a child's mind you know and knowing that his his you know his audience here is going to be mostly adults uh, I, I really don't think it's absurd to think that he also deliberately planted uh, planted a, a, a bit of a warning for you know the the adult inclination to, to think that everything can be analyzed into constituent parts that fit together perfectly.
1: Um, now I'm just I don't know I would like us to get to to, to at some point to a poem that has something that could be a product of the subconscious.
0: I think we fully acknowledge the role of su- the subconscious.
1: Well, I think, I don't know, I guess I'm just arguing with the idea that because he used the word key, he knew people would immediately think of chiasmus. Uh, that just doesn't
0: seem like much of a stretch. Like, you don't... I, I didn't know what that word meant until like two years ago. You don't have to be pointed to that to, to be able to to understand the poem. Having uh, an attempt to rationally think together that the, the poem be foiled for you. It helps... And the fact that 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 pun is so obvious, and the chiasma structure is so strong, says to me that that he had to have it in mind, uh, but he didn't have to think that you had to see that to get what he was doing in the poem.
1: Yes, I and I think that you know maybe he just. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, we're not really. We're barely disagreeing here, and this is going to be boring to listen to, so I should probably just stop here. But my point was merely that I could see a circumstance in which he had decided upon a chiasmatic structure and then uh, had, the word, had the syllable key bouncing around his head, and then that's how he came up
0: with that refrain. Yeah, makes sense to me. Don't disagree at all.
1: Yeah, okay. You so
0: We should, should probably cut this last 15 minutes of us disagree- disagreeing about nothing.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to.
0: I did edit it out, but only the middle.
1: So you heard the beginning and the end. Hopefully it was pretty seamless. That is all. Whenever we, we have a long disagreement about nothing, I'm, I, I cut that. That's
0: a good policy.
1: Well, because it's important for our conversation that we feel understood, but it's also
0: not something a person should have to listen to. They need to hear us acting as if we disagree about the subconscious and the conscious either, when, when obviously we completely agree that... Poetry needs both.
1: Yeah, no, it it was stupid. Um,
0: Good, good. All right, anything else about this
1: stupid, dumb baby poem?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I'm really just, yeah.
1: This stupid, really good baby poem. It's a really good baby poem, but it's totally a baby poem. Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, Next week, we're going to be doing fucking Idea of Order at Key West. (laughs) Yeah, right? Uh, We're not doing Idea of Order at Key West next week. No. Oh, hell no. Um, That would be a good five or six hour episode. You, the listener, will have to express your interest in longer, more in-depth poetry analysis because God knows we can get... I don't even want to look how long we've been recording this. Two hours and 20 minutes out of a poem that means... (laughs) exactly what it looks like it means. Okay. Um uh luckily we were pretty funny this time. Well, yeah, we we realized we had to be funny to make up for <laughs> yeah, the not <laughs> having anything to say. But no, I think it's important that they hear us fail. I actually might stick this one earlier in the run.
0: No, no. It's it's true. It's true. We did we did fail pretty hard here. Right, but it's it's
1: very important to to point out that this isn't always going to work god why i'm looking at the poem above this on the page and i'm just seeing references cato and caesar and why didn't we do that one
0: yeah oh vast herds of reindeer move across miles and miles of golden moss that's really cool yeah it's a super cool looking poem and what the what the fuck how does cato and caesar move to herds of reindeer that's Fucking crazy. Well,
1: I guess we should have done the poem right before this. It was probably too long was the problem. (sighs) Wait, no, no, because you see, if you look on the very left side, you can see a little number halfway through the page, the date, which means that poem was a page long. Damn. Should have done that poem, whatever it is.
0: I don't know, man. I just like, I saw this nursery rhyme one when it was like, nursery rhyme, that should be easy. And it's cool and weird. Uh, I guess I forgot, I guess we both forgot that easy actually means hard for us.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, we need to do an analysis. We really should have done an analysis that was more about how the poem made us feel. But that's not our thing. I try to get it in there when I can. Yeah, but, like... Poetry is about feeling,
0: too. It's important. It It, it is. But also, like, anyone can, can talk about how they feel, man.
1: Well, ideally, we would talk about how the ideas make us feel and the, the complexity of the feelings that the complex ideas elicit. Right.
0: Which... We probably actually should spend more time on.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, we have been a little bit. I like this. I don't like this, which is pretty shitty.
0: Yeah, no. We should. We should. We should probably talk about the passions a little bit more.
1: Mm. The key that opens is the key that rusts. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should sum up the poem.
0: Um, our 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 secret level zero meaning anything that we've talked about for the last twenty minutes now. So let's just jump in. To an ending that might be workable.
1: Yeah, and then we have to do the sign-off. But, uh... Is the secret meaning of this poem a witch can make an ogre out of mud? Because it might be.
0: The secret meaning can't be a line in the poem, though. Don't drink the frog milk, you stupid
1: king. He's your friend. Don't eat your poison friend, king. Uh,
0: You're gonna break your stove. uh, Why you always gotta put toffee on your bread. If you run out of bread, don't eat your poison friend. Right, okay,
1: sure. That's the secret meaning of the poem. If you run out of bread, don't eat your poison friend. Okay, I think that's it. This has been E.E. Pone -pone. (laughs) Poem. This has been E.E. Pone Poem. (laughs) Podcast, where we dig deep, deep into (laughs) the black, molten heart of poetry.
0: And pull out an ogre.
1: That's made of mud from a nursery rhyme. I'm Alex Trebek. Say your name.
0: I'm Keir Trebek.
1: And uh, remember to uh, subscribe, like, rate, love on iTunes with your heart. Um, I'm real sorry how this episode turned out. I hope we were funny. Um, And if you came here for incisive analysis, uh, well, I mentioned I put a warning at the beginning to warn you that that wouldn't be in this.
0: Yeah, actually, we should probably mark the episodes where we fail. That's a good plan.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I haven't worked out an episode titling scheme yet. Oh, important thing I meant to say here. Um, If you've written into the podcast and you're wondering, hey, how come those jerks haven't responded? It's because we recorded a bunch of episodes in advance first. Um, This is
0: one of those. This is the last one of those. All of our episodes from here on out are going to be live.
1: (laughs) No, no, that's not (laughs) how it works. Shut up. (laughs) Don't listen to him, people.
0: (laughs) live podcast live from York. it's matter bay flight going to be live like the frog in your poison milk actually do the frogs
1: die they drown they're drowning but do they ever drown
0: mm, maybe the frogs are still alive and there's maybe. hope
1: in this age of anxiety
0: maybe the frogs are uh are speaking this this poem like uh the greek chorus in The Frogs, by Orsophanes. Oh, yeah. What if, what
1: if the, that's what the frogs are saying? The frogs are saying these lines, the, 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 the italic lines. It is all taking place in Hades.
0: And Dionysus has descended to try to figure out who it, uh, is going to be the greatest tragic poet. Oh, wait, no, no, this is breaking down.
1: I, I, I do think maybe the frogs are saying the, the chorus. And it might be in Hades, because
0: really, like any poem... It's a little bit better if it's in Hades.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, are there witches in Hades? Gotta be. Yeah, gotta gotta be. Witches die eventually. Oh. You know, we never remarked on the punctuation here either. Oh, uh, the semicolons? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. No, oh. no, actually, that's just how I would punctuate this. Yeah, it seems like a good punctuation. They, they seem like good punctuations. Yeah, live from Gork, it's poem time. <laughs> good night, everybody. Uh, well
2: done. Uh, The ravens left cause the ravens come Some people say a witch can make an ogre out of mud The robins left cause the ravens have come The key that opens is the key that rusts W H Auden 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 what, what the hell of Auden? What do you get when you haul sixteen tons? another day ogre and a bit of fun world without cats world without cats odd and odd O odd and odd odd and odd and yeah yeah. Auden, 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 what the hell? Auden, Auden. Left the ravens come on, a witch can make an ogre out of mud. An ogre can make mud out of a witch, and the robins come from ra-